Hey everyone, this is Blue Jays, host of NFT Hype. NFT Hype covers the hottest projects in the NFT world. Get to know their communities and brings you down the rabbit hole of non-fungible tokens. We are sponsored by CryptoSlam. Are you an NFT collector? See where you stand on CryptoSlam.io. Enjoy the show. All right, we are here. NFT Hype. Um, well, the hype is here, Mike. Like, I don't know. The hype it's is back, here. baby. It's back like big time and it never really went away, but like it definitely is back in force. And like people are buying like what like did somebody pay $69 million for like a beeple on Christie today or some crap like that? Like 69 million. Like, yeah, they did. 69 million. Wow. So maybe NFTs aren't just all like a waste of electricity or something, according to Twitter. There's there's some kind of like anti-NFT movement going on. Who knows what's what that deal is? But yeah. All I know is the hype is officially here. And um it I think it, there's there's more to talk about, but why don't we regress and talk about what are NFTs? I mean, we've been around pretty long in the NFT space now. Um we weren't the first, but we were definitely early. And uh, it's like, let's let's talk about for the newcomers, like what is an NFT? What does it mean? Uh, you know, what, what initially attracted you to it and me as well? I can talk about that. But um, first off, what does an NFT stand for, Michael? Non-fungible tokens. Okay. And so... What I always first explain when I get into this, because I mean, most people have no clue what fungible means, right? And so essentially what I say is that fungible is like the dollar or a penny or any item that's like exactly the same, has exactly the same value and is completely homogenous, right? And then the difference between that and the NFT is the NFT is unique. Right, so it's a non-fungible token rather than like every other token in the world, which is pretty much a fungible token at this. Okay, time. so would you be would it be accurate to say that um, unique is non-fungible and non-unique is fungible? Yes, a hundred percent, and and. I mean, really, like when it comes down to it, all an NFT is, is some data that somebody put together and it probably has an image that's either recorded on chain, ideally, which is like the gold standard, but mostly on IPFS, which is also pretty good because it's a distributed file system, right? So, and as long as you retain those links, you'll never lose it. But the problem is retaining the links. Yeah. Sometimes if people, you know, blacklist NFTs or, or, or nobody had the IPF links in the first place, or it's not displayed in the metadata, or there's all sorts of different ways where. Hey, you, you went to one of the two, to NFT 201 already, you know, just slow down. <laughs> You're so right. Let's, uh, let's finish <clears throat> off with 101. Um, so blockchain, how does that fit into the picture? Like, where an nft is it a token is it uh is it on a database somewhere uh is it on a blockchain what do, what would so you say to somebody chain. brand new to this it's just a transaction that's it okay 
It's a bunch of code that's linked to an I like an item that's created by a transaction. Okay. So a digital, back, item. a digital item that lives on a distributed ledger, uh, which is managed by the consensus of everybody in the network and it uses blockchain technology. Did I say anything yeah. wrong yet? No, and the, but I think there's probably a lot of people that just were just like, what did you just say? <laughs> so consensus means that everyone gets along and agrees that this is what needs to happen. And usually that consensus is formed by the block producers or the block validators or the miners, depending on the network. And they essentially earn money to send the transaction at the they, end of the day. They earn money to send a transaction, but also verify the, the, the accurateness, authenticity of the, of the amounts. Correct. Right? Okay. So if I spend $5, then everybody agrees that I spend $5, then it's, 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 it's on record as I spent $5. So how does right. that relate back to NFTs? Basically you have this authentic piece of uh, unique item, which the network agrees is valuable and is scarce, right? So if you have, let's use our favorite atom bomb. If you have one of 737 of them, just, I think the mintage of the base. I have more than that. <laughs> what about number one? No, I don't. Okay. Unfortunately. Yeah. That, what would that go for? Eh? Number one. Oh man. It, I mean, what did it did sell? Didn't it sell? The number one atom bomb base? I don't yeah. know. Maybe it did. No, no. Hmm. I know number one Nick did. Oh yeah. It sold for like 40k wax, and that was when wax was like. So let, let's put it in perspective. Like if, could somebody else come along and say, I have number one atom bomb or is there, is there just one, not one number one atom bomb? The only way that you could say that is if it was minted on a, basically a completely different set that was illegitimate. So no, like you would never be able to own number one atom bomb base unless you got it from gpk.tops right that is the source of gpk but this is something that's super a uh, gray area in in the art world and digital co uh, regular collectible world is uh fakes and also not knowing where the provenance which is a big word it's not it's it it means that you're able to track the from the beginning where it was created all the way to where it is now. Yeah. And the beauty with NFTs is that not only can you do that, but you can track the actual, actual mintage numbers and all the details surrounding it. So you can see when they were minted. And so it's true provenance versus like the traditional art world where some guy painted it at some point and he might've made a few copies of it. And you don't know when that happened exactly. Like you can, you can get a date based on historical reference, but you don't have a piece of data telling you exactly the time stamp that that happened, right? So it's so putting bit... this all together. Like if you knew that, 
you could also verify ownership, like who owned this, or let's say there was a public account that owned this, that created it, that you have the creator account, but then you also potentially, depending on how people want to uh, reveal their privacy, but you can, the owners are also public record. So they go from your, like if I knew your address, then I could say, oh, Big Mike owned that. Or, hey, this went through the hands of uh, Elon Musk or something like that, right? Is, yeah. is, right? Which is the old like Seinfeld joke, right? Like I own John Voight's car, right? <laughs> so. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, someday somebody potentially could go like, hey, that's Big Mike's address. I used to own this. I own this NFT he used to own. He sold it to me or something, you know? So, so if you yeah. get more famous, you're already famous. But if you get more famous... I mean... Dude, I, the fact that I'm famous is just like, okay. But <laughs> <laughs> yes, if I get more famous, then eventually somebody will be like, damn, my big Michael. This <laughs> but at the same time, like there's somebody out there that's going to go, holy shit, Blue Jays own this NFT. Oh, uh -huh, yeah, there you go. I like I remember that, you that, that one guy. around. Thank you for that. One. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah, so. What we've gone to is we've, we've talked about what it is, where it's on, the technology behind it. Uh, essentially, like what, how, how we all agree upon that this is valuable, right? And, uh, and honestly, like, I mean, that kind of blew my mind at first, too, because, because, like, it's just pictures you know, and we're buying digital pictures, but like, but they're unique. So there's only so many of them. So like, you know, I can go out and hoard like 300 potty Scotties. And then the next thing you know, I own half the supply. So like I can dictate the price. Right. So it's like, they're definitely worth something and, and it's a market and you can influence it with your actions. Right. So yeah, it's uh, funny the, how we the... attribute that value. It's really funny. But we do, and and people and people pay big money for mints too. Like like at first, nobody thought that they would, yeah. right? And then and then me and Kev started paying, and then and then it was like, you know, people were chasing me, and and all of a sudden it was a thing, and it was on, and now people pay. Like look at Blue Wizard, he pays like freaking ridiculous amounts of money that I could never even dream of paying from for number ones. Yeah. yeah, so it seems to all come back to, so you mentioned one thing there, which is mints, and we have a video, uh, we'll probably link to it in this, in this, about where we talk about mints, um, but uh, it, it all comes back to everyone agreeing on what's number one mint versus number two, what's authentic, and what's legit, right? And then there's a picture that's associated with all that, which is the end product in a way, it's just an image, but then there's just so much things behind that image. And that's mm -hmm. why NFTs are so valuable, right? It's the data behind the image that ties it to the actual blockchain. It gives it like a, almost a digital presence would be a proper way to describe it, right? Because like, if you just grab an image off the internet and have it on your computer, like, yeah, sure, you may have that file, but like everyone else could have that file too. And there's no limit to how many of those files you can copy. Right. But on on chain, that's a completely different story. You know what's going on. You know 
the mintage if somebody decides you know if the templates infinite or if the templates closed right so there's all these different which essentially means like so if it's infinite then the creator can continue to create the nft into infinity right yeah. forever i'd if actually like to closed, talk to you about we should probably have a follow-up video to that where we go and talk about templates and and things like that as well too that, mm -hmm. that would be an awesome conversation for sure so but if it's closed obviously it's a limited number yeah right which then gets back to the scarcity thing and there's a lot of reasons that we probably won't really go into but the one reason like for nifty wizards is because we run mostly infinite templates because we're a game and we don't run a run out of nfts to sell down the line like somebody's always going to need a key right so we want to be able to keep minting them but also then we take that in consideration to how we mint things and we're looking into deflationary ways of dealing with excess supply so there's kind of like different things a project can do to to give assurances to its users that it's not just trying to like fed them out you know and yeah. just print a bunch of money so you're talking pretty much about scarcity here um mm -hmm. going back to authenticity a little bit which is i think the hot button item that nfts is solving scarcity is an awesome kind of like side effect in, in my opinion not even side effect but a secondary thing the first thing is it being authentic now when you go to let's say a, a marketplace and you're about to throw down dollars then you want to make sure that that's the real legit thing i think that's your first thing in a buying yeah. decision right number one for number sure number one and what, always looking at whether it came from the collection and whether that collection is verified Okay, talk about that. What does that mean? So um, most of these platforms, these NFT platforms have a verification system that they go through so that they um, know who the creator is and they give themselves a little bit of sort of street cred by checking into them and giving, getting all their details and stuff so that it's not just some random person creating a bunch of stuff that could potentially not even be their art, right? So. And that's always another risk is that people will take stuff from the traditional world and then just print it without any, you know, sort of permission whatsoever, right? And that's something obviously we want to try and avoid because we want to support NFT artists as well as the real world artists. And, and we don't want to, you know, get into copyright issues and that kind of thing. So but, this is like you, what you said there is like, like imagine you ha there was a, somebody having a sale like on the beach where you are and somebody's having uh, a whole bunch of art there and you see one that's signed like Picasso and uh, you know you look at it you're just looking at it you're tapping on it and you're, you're just like oh I wonder if this is real right this is what NFTs are solving essentially isn't it it's like as long as you know where it comes from and that's the thing about being educated right so you got to know what the original account name that produced it was essentially because you can't necessarily trust the market yeah but they they do a pretty good job of filtering most of the spam yeah. and as long as you're like an educated consumer and you know the artist that you're buying from or the game or whatever it may be and and what the original um minting name or address or whatever it, it may be because on ETH or, or uh, WAX or all sorts of different chains, it's different, right? 
But as long as you know that originating address, essentially, because mm-hmm. they're all addresses, you know that it's legit, right? You can trace that problem. Right. So there's you can't transparency. Do with a painting. Yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, there's pl- plenty of people out there that try and determine the, the veracity of real art, but there's no actual blockchain link like there is with NFTs. Okay. So like, let's say there was a equivalently valued real piece of art that you saw down at the beach and uh, it was signed by a artist, which you uh, thought like you really, it was a big fan of. And then there was another piece, which was digital only on a marketplace that was verified from his or her. Uh, that's a, a verified part of their collection. But the, the physical piece, you didn't, you weren't really sure. Um, you didn't know how many was created. You didn't know it was a one of uh, 200 or, or whatever. And then your digital pieces clearly defined as one of 200, um, definitely from the artist. If you had like a sum of money, which one would you throw the money at to purchase if you could only choose one? I mean, I probably would most likely take the digital one because I just don't know anything on the physical one at all. I mean, if I knew the artist or I walked in his shop or yada, 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 then that'd be a different story entirely. But if it's just some random painting on a table versus an NFT that has a, an authentic link to that artist, then... It's oh, that kind of scenario just explains why everyone's buying up these NFTs now, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. And also that they're just hard assets, like anything that's a hard asset, people want to hold these days, right? So What is a hard asset? Um, anything that has like a limit, like a scarce supply, essentially, so that it's not going to continue to be inflated like a lot of currencies okay but let's say there were 200 and 740 atom bombs or whatever it is and you're saying that there can only be 737 because that's what the base uh supply was for atom bomb and gpk os1 um what you're saying one is that if somebody created that exact same set somewhere else it wouldn't get the social consensus of everyone going okay well uh, that's kind of like a copycat or, or something, right? There's, there's some reason that we're not going to... As Everyone group, would just be like, oh, it's fake. Right. It's fake. That's it. It's just, and that's all it is. Like, everyone's just like, that's fake. Okay, so then the supply, what you're saying is the supply doesn't double there in everyone's yeah. mind. It stays 737. If you want one, you need to get the one that's verified. You, want, you need to get the legit one. Yeah, and I think even if like tops, even if tops were to go ahead and like publish stuff on another chain, it still wouldn't be the original OS1 provenance that they established on Wax last May. It just, it just, as much as you want to go print it somewhere else, I just don't see it as ever being the same. And and that was kind of my thing with with taking assets from Ethereum and then minting them on side chains. And it's kind of like, well, aren't you? destroying a little bit of history there when you burn the original nft right hmm. and i think the answer to that as a historian i mean not a historian but someone who appreciates history and appreciates links to history especially on the internet to destroy any information that was once there for me is almost like a sin <laughs> so so what we have now is an nft built on a technology that no one can fudge right um 
we, we have a shared social consensus of what is real and what isn't. We have a value me- transfer mechanism via markets and trading. And we have uh, what you just mentioned there uh, is something to pull it all together is, is just, yeah, that's, a, that's what an NFT is. And then you have the art at the end, the art, the mm-hmm. actual art and design of things. So an NFT combines is- all of those things. And usually the art is what wins for most people. And for myself, like if I don't like the art, then it's probably, you're not good, probably going to find it in my wallet generally. Oh, so you really, really like Potty Scotty? Is that what, the art of Potty Scotty? I love Potty Scotty, bro. Like <laughs> his art is premier. Like really? top notch. You oh sh- yeah. You see him at Christie's one day? <laughs> I, I love the way somebody with a spectacle on their eye. Perhaps. I love the way he's falling into the toilet. But, yes. You know, the, the thing is, is about that is it was one of the earliest, like, dude, Garbage Field Kids was outrageous at the time like like it was so politically incorrect and from a person who loves politically incorrectness that card almost epitomized the set (laughs) you know me because it's just like how could they print this card it's so especially in the early 80s right and like and they're making fun of like hasbro dolls too at the same time like uh yeah cabbage patch kids or whatever right they even got sued over that so but one thing like like kevin mentioned to me and and i i didn't even really notice it until he kind of said it is that the color palette on the os1 cards all of them is absolutely amazing yeah especially like april showers yeah and like a couple of the other like really popular ones like adam bomb just like the artists that did those and they're just so vibrant and just so like I could look at the art on that set all day long and not get bored because there's all these like little intrinsic things that you can find that you could pick out even even over the years and Adam Bomb has become the most popular like you look at it's not just a car with a guy with his head blown off it was a it was a art piece that was um present at the time what was representing what was going on at the time with nuclear, I think, war. nuclear war right so it, yeah. it, there was a reason why he became not only because he was the cover figure but it also had sort of a historical significance as well yeah yeah for sure and, yeah and, and that's also why nick is super popular because he has that sort of dracula reference right to popular culture as well and and also like he was the first card in the set so everyone loved that course right so top of the barrel so i have a theory go ahead no go ahead i was gonna say on nick like because in the um physical cards he was the the corner card of the actual sheet of cards that they printed often it was very off-centered and it was very difficult to find a centered one so nicks in the physical realm are even more rare right like psa 10 ones anyway yeah and and i i know for for a fact there's like what 24 or 23 sketches so can you imagine the scarcity of having a nick sketch like not only is he a popular character but he's like that rare it's 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 kind of insane to be honest Mm -hmm. pretty cool yeah for sure um i was gonna say like given in in 10 years time and you look back at this set and it, 
I, and I know we're go- we've gone down the road of talking about GPK OS one, but for other collectors, there will be other things. And, and the kind of things that we're talking about are probably, you're going to be talking about the same when it comes to Avastars or Axie or, or even alien worlds, anything. But um, if you look at the historical, uh, what, what has happened in the last couple of years, do you think like there's any uh, pieces in OS one that has a little bit more significance uh because of what we've gone through? Uh, I mean, dead, dead, of course, right? And then yeah. um, obviously the, what's the, uh, uh, there's like a virus one, like uh, what's her name? Virus Iris? Virus Iris, that's right. Yeah, I think that one definitely sticks out for sure. That's cool. I like, I like yeah. the way you interpreted that. <laughs> You're 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 gonna go stack virus viruses now, aren't you? <laughs> Essentially, yeah. I mean, I can't afford any more dead Ted. So yeah, if I was gonna, you know, speculate based on COVID, then I probably would go buy some virus viruses or sicky vickies too. There you go. So I guess I mean we spent some time here. I we want to keep it light on the on the one-on-one side, but we'll have a follow-up conversation, Mike, where we talk like about the next level after this is how do you determine, uh, where do you determine and how do you determine? And we'll try and keep it general so that everyone can look at, but how do you determine what's a verified collection? How do you look at scarcity numbers? When you are purchasing, um, what do you look for in, in that regard? Um, can you think of anything else like we'd probably talk about on that 201? Um, probably just general supply issues and- Maybe burning um, mechanisms burning mechanisms and how that affects things because i mean there's that's still playing out yeah and and, and like i find it very curious that you could end up with say a large set where all the later mints are all burned because people are doing blenderizer or they're doing a promotion where they get another card or whatever the case may be that that they decided that they were going to incentivize burning and you could get some of these really really late mid numbers or there might be only two or three out there and for me that also kind of retains some value too because then it's like they're pretty rare amongst these higher mints that don't just don't exist anymore right and then back to what we talked about with token head too is like how does burning affect things and do we slide the scale to like you know, can conglomerate everything so that we know what's been burned and what's not, or do we just leave it as it was originally minted and then interpret it from there, right? So that's also another interesting question. I think we'll, we might see multiple answers to in the future too, you know, some chains might decide to do it one way and WAX certainly so far has just opted to just leave the burn data as is, right? right? So. Yeah, that and uh, something you alluded to earlier in this call was um, uh, the fact of, um, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just sort of drawing a blank here, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you mentioned it earlier, uh, but um, oh, the on-chain versus off-chain. Oh, yes. Yes. So whether or not the actual image is recorded on-chain, so it's essentially immutable. And then 
the NFT maker can't then go and modify it after the fact, like say if they find an error or something, they can't fix it. Like it's, it's permanent. Right. So that, and that's kind of the gold standard and like, it doesn't really exist in a lot of sets these days because it's a really difficult thing to achieve. Yeah. Especially with bigger sets. Right. Yeah. So that also, I think is something that will have some tech forthcoming at some point where somebody goes like, Hey, I found a really image uh, easy way to store images on the blockchain, you know, and, and we're seeing be- it. Like one of the things that we're, that I've been becoming aware of is like, there are projects out there like, avastars and uh uh some of the stuff that nft boxes are doing where their images are claimed to be on chain so we need to dig Mm -hmm. into that a little bit more and and find out a little bit more of that so we can talk about that in the next call as well cool well maybe we should get uh, roman on for that because i think they have a a eosio on chain file solution yeah love to love to talk about options there for sure because i think that is going to be a much bigger deal than it is now potentially so i agree and the beauty of most of the nft standards these days is you can always add attributes so after the fact you can go through and add like all these on-chain images right and add a little bit of value for your customers well, that's a good idea yeah so we'll mm-hmm. talk about attributes as well anyways uh let's wrap it up and keep this video short but uh thanks mike for joining me on this exploration awesome of nfts it's always fun to chat and uh yeah we'll do it again soon okay peace out everyone thank you for joining us later